Welcome, everyone. Texas Apartment Association's Education Foundation Series Hints from HR. I'm Blaze Spitaleri with Gemstar Construction. You got the job, now what? Today's topic, we're going to be discussing onboarding, the process of welcoming a new hire to your organization. And we have a wonderful crew today to do just that. So joining us, we have some of the usual suspects. We have the, the Chrissy and Janet to my Jack Tripper, Becca Ramadi and Nicole Block. Chris Company, come and knock on our door. Our special guest today, an eight-year veteran to HR from Lauren. Please welcome Delicia De La Rosa. Everyone, thanks for having me. Now, Delicia, can you do us the honors real quick and tell us uh, just kind of a brief summary of your organization and what role you play there? Yeah, so um, Lauren has been around since 2016. A lot of what we do is guided by our, our mission and values. So Lauren is up and coming. We are a fast-growing industry or organization in the multifamily industry. I have been a part of Lauren since July of, of 2020. And my role and title here is currently the human capital business partner. So at Lauren, um, human capital translates to human resources. And the reason that we call it human capital is because we are really deeply invested into our, our employees. We want to make sure that we're providing them with the growth and opportunity to excel in their professional development and hopefully stay with us for along the way. Excellent. Now, I heard you say you joined in July 2020, so you joined during COVID. I would like to dive into that. Okay. First, I do want to, you know, onboarding is a first impression that, you know, an organization makes with somebody. And I know, Nicole, you've made a really great reference when we had a quick discussion comparing yeah. onboarding to a move-in. Uh, can you elaborate on that? Because I yeah. think it's fantastic for people to understand this analogy. Uh, you know, we're talking about onboarding because it's crucial. I mean, onboarding has everything to do with your associates' engagement, uh, success, and longevity. And if you don't give them that proper foundation, um, then they're less likely to stay with you. And if they are, they're not going to be engaged. And so one of the things that we compared it to when we were talking um, was the move-in experience. You know, many of you that are watching this are either in our industry or considering it. And there's been study after study that has shown that if the move-in experience goes well, then that resident is 80% more likely to renew. And I think that there are vast parallels are they're, they're, they're going to talk about onboarding and the move-in experience. So again, if, if that onboarding experience is pre-planned, intentional, and thought out and well-executed, then that associate is going to renew, if you will. And you know they're going to be a great asset for your company. So I wanted to just kind of give you guys that parallel, but as far as what does our process look like, I, I would liken it to your move-in experience. So I think that's, that's the way we wanted to relate to it today um, because we want our associates to stay and be engaged. Absolutely. It takes a lifetime to build up that reputation. It takes a second to crush it. Yeah. Now, Delicia, I, I want to ask you this. What do you think the three most important things that a job seeker should know or be thinking about when it comes to onboarding? Yeah. So I think for a job seeker that is that has accepted an offer, I think one of the things that they should be looking at is understanding the culture. So knowing that when the onboarding is about to happen, that they're going to get to experience what the company culture is. That's their first impression, um, so to say. They'll get to learn like what are the processes, you know, when when their first day starts, what that looks like a week out, what looks what looks like that, you know, 30 days out. 
I think another thing that they need to um, also keep in mind is be open-minded. Know that, yes, you've learned a little bit about the company. You've done your research, you know, probably looking on their websites and just, you know, word of mouth, but also just know to keep an open mind when that onboarding experience happens, because it's going to be a lot of information. So you don't want to, you know, kind of, you know, you know, give first impressions, you know, 100% accuracy, you know, give it some time. Let's let's see what's going on here. Let's understand the culture a little bit better. And then let's keep that open mindedness as you go through your first day, you get familiar with your job and things like that. And then I think the third thing that a job seeker should keep in mind during the onboarding experience is knowing who to contact. And human capital is a great spot of knowing who to contact. Um, it would be beneficial to have human capital or human resources very involved in that onboarding experience. So that way it creates that relationship with the employee. That way they know who to contact and it creates an environment where they can continue to ask questions because it's going to be a lot of information in the very beginning. So to, to remember everything about the company, to remember everything about your job or you know where the bathroom is even, that might get a little confusing. So knowing who to contact, I think human capital is that best resource because they can get you in the right direction. Well, and think about this. We we talked about the adage and kind of made the comparison that, you know, we we want them to retain, right? So we talk about like we want, you know, but they're drinking through a fire hose. And if you think about that, you can only take in so much um, at once. And so we want to also ensure, yes, the information is there, but how is it presented? And to your point, you know, who do you contact when you're like, I think we talked about this, but I'm not really sure. My first 90 days are a blur. We've all been new. Uh, and, and I think having that human capital piece is crucial, but I would also like to, for you to share with us where you are in the, in the succession, you know, you're not necessarily a recruiter. You're not necessarily like where, where does human capital fall? I think that's very special with what Lorraine does. Yeah. So as, as a business partner here for Lorraine, when it comes to the onboarding experience, uh, my responsibility is to make that connection with the employee. So we take the time to make sure that, you know, we connect with the employee, we go through the whole onboarding experience with them, but that along the way, they're going to be speaking to other individuals because it's not just human capital that's going to teach them, you know, the ropes of, of their position or if it's on um, a, a property, you know, where they need to park, where the bathroom is, you know, where their workstation, but it's being that partner with them. So that way they know if they have questions or if they're not getting the information that they're needing, um, necessarily that they can reach out to us and then we can fix it for them. Or we can partner with the hiring manager to make sure that they have the proper tools and equipment that they need to be successful in their job. Absolutely. that And the open line of communication is so crucial within an organization too. You know, being able to feel comfortable enough to reach out to the people that you need to, to find out all that information. Now, if I could flip the switch a little bit from going from the job seeker then to the employer, what should they be thinking about uh, when it comes to onboarding as well, when they're onboarding new hires? Three items in that field as well, if you can. Yeah. So for organizations, if they're thinking about either revamping their onboarding experience or just building it out from the beginning, because you know sometimes you just don't have one and you want to make that experience even better. I think it's understanding that it's it's a team effort. But a lot of the effort can come from your human capital department. Let us be that resource for you. So that way, you know, you don't have to worry about, are they going to get all the information about benefits? Are they going to know the history about Lorraine? Because we want our employees to know the history of Lorraine and where we've been and where we're going because we're, you know, continuously growing. 
but it's really understanding, you know, that human capital is there to be a partner with them and that we can take on a lot more to get them up to speed. So that way, all that it is, is just showing them how to do their job and getting them adjusted to their team. So understanding that it's a team effort would be key in that aspect, but then also understanding that we need to prepare for their arrival as well. So after they've accepted our offer, now it's our turn to make an impression on them. They've showcased and highlighted their skills and experience to us. Now we have a responsibility to make sure that we're living up to everything that we have communicated to them through the through that recruiting phase. And so for human capital, when I'm conducting the new hire orientation, it is one-on-one. And that's the way that we do things here at Lorin is we are we have the ability right now to, to conduct new hire orientations one-on-one. And I think it's just so impactful because it's it's face-to-face as much as it can be. Obviously, COVID, you know, we utilize uh, Teams a lot, so a lot of video orientations. But having that one-on-one experience creates that safe space for employees to, you know, really ask the questions that they that, that, that they want to ask. If they have questions about PTO or the holidays that we recognize, or, you know, if they quickly transition from another organization and they want to know, you know, timing on benefits. So having that open line of communication really helps out and, you know, being prepared and working with the hiring manager to conduct that just goes a long way. But then also before that is making sure that we have all of their access set up and ready to go. So working with other departments such as IT to make sure that they have access to, you know, our outlook, access to our teams. And then on our end, we're making sure that they have access to their training because that is super important. It, it, it's really going to suck when you, you know, come in on your first day and you're supposed to do some type of training, but you don't have no login credentials or the access hasn't been set up. So organizations would really need to understand that it doesn't stop once the candidate says, yes, I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to come on board. We now then have to do the work to make sure that we're prepared to, to welcome them on their first day. And then I think the last thing that organizations should also keep in mind is how are we keeping them engaged? So from the time that they ex- accept the offer letter or they accept the offer that we give them to the time that they walk into that first door, how are we keeping them engaged? Are we checking in with them? Are we providing them some like pre-arrival, you know, before your day, this is what mm-hmm. you need to know? you know, bring these documents, make sure you park here. This is the dress code. If it's a, a corporate level position, what does the parking situation look like? Do we need to get them um, badges so that way they can get in and out of the building? Yeah. Um, but more or less, it's, it's just really taking that time to prepare and understanding that it's a team effort, but that human capital can really spearhead that for organizations. Well, and, and like you did again to the movement experience, you know, I think if we don't have their name badges, their you know, um, you know, their business cards, at least on order, if we don't have their access for day one for anything, whether it be email or or anything like that, like they're here, they're ready to go. They're ready to move in and we don't have their lease prepared or we don't have their mm-hmm. keys ready or we don't have, you know, the apartment hasn't been walked or the final inspection. So we're going in blind. And, and too many times I get feedback from people in the industry that that happens, uh, you know, and we all experience that. So again, that first impression is crucial, but to Delicia's point, it it starts the process starts when they accept the offer. And so, if you're not being intentional and, and getting everything ready to go, then there's just so much more opportunity for error, um, and then you're winging it. So, I think that, that that's really key for that first impression. That first impression and that first um, knowledge for the 
the new employer, the new hire that they are wanted and that people yeah. are excited that they're going to be there is it helps, of course. And the opposite, if you don't have a desk and there's no place for you to sit, I mean, how awful does that feel? Do they want me there? Am yeah. I needed here? What did they the know place? I was starting? You know, <laughs> right? I mean, I think, you know, but I think that there's been times, you know, and, and if you guys have ever had an experience similar to that, to where you drive home and you're like, what did I do? Like, did I join the right company? Is this who I interviewed with? You know, and we definitely don't want them second guessing that on day one. For sure. And that's what we try to, to not have happen is to make sure that their experience is something that they can remember. And then it doesn't just stop there at the first day. So, and then adding a little fun to it too, because it definitely can be and should be a fun experience. So, you know, getting with our hiring managers to make sure that they tour the property, bring them lunch or take them out to lunch, you know, if you can, you know, to get to know them on a personal level, not just as a worker, but then, you know, for a couple examples here, as far as, as far as what we do is we have a name tag ready for them and it has a fun fact about them. And that's just, it, it's a good icebreaker. And not only, you know, when they're, you know, working amongst team members or touring prospects, but when we're gathering that information, we get to learn a little bit more about them and have that more personal connection. Elise, you did mention in that, and that was a lot of information. I think we're going to kind of dissect that through this, but uh, you mentioned doing some check-ins and I know we talked about the quarterly check-ins and what what has that done for for y'all and your organization? How do you see that being a really intricate part in the onboard uh, onboarding process? You know, mm-hmm. not only from day one but continuous. Yeah, so we really try to make sure that our new hires don't feel forgotten. Like after day one, okay, I- I'm done. You know, let's just you know, let's just get to work. We want to make sure that we check in with them. So what I normally do is I check with them at the 30 day mark, make sure that they have everything that they need. But our quarterly check-ins are on a department level, you know, for our new hires, checking in with them, making sure that, you know, how's it going? How are you liking your job? Do you have everything that you need? And doing that for each and every department, because it's a great way to stay connected. It's a, also a great way for us, the human capital team, to you know deliver information that they're needing to know, things that are going on in the organization, and then also an opportunity for them to ask questions. And then they just get to know our faces that much better, you know. So it, it then further solidifies that environment of I can ask questions and I know who to go to to ask those questions, and that would be. The business partner that would be me. Well, and I think, and I think, as an operator, you know, we use the term "form over substance" a lot. Like, are we just checking a box with onboarding, and it, or is it really serving the purpose you intended it to? And and I know I keep paralleling this to our residents, but I think sometimes we have to look at it that way. But we survey the resident when they move in. We call them. We check in on them. Probably, gosh, every what 30, 60, 90 days, right before their renewal, and we're mm-hmm. asking how it's going. Um, and I think that that with associates. If we can catch a challenge or sometimes it's something as simple whenever we've asked the question in the past is that you know, they're like, you know what? I still don't have access to X, Y, Z. Yep. And it might not be tip of tongue and all the time with them. But you know what? Now they're like, you know what, Delicia? I still can't get into whatever platform. Oh, well, hold on. Let me follow up on that. Whereas if we never asked and that person is just sitting there and it's going to fall down on their priority list because now they're working. Now they're like, covering the front or covering the phones or they're, you know, they're handling a service request, right? So everything takes priority. Um, but if, again, it just kind of chips away at our credibility. So just asking those questions and making sure that if you do have an onboarding program, it has some sort of um, substantiated follow-up 
um, then you're going to find out how you're doing on those uh, onboarding pro- uh, processes. Hey, Nicole, I got a question for you, and I don't want to put you on the spot too much here. Has there ever been anything special that has stood out to you during your career uh, that's made the onboarding experience memorable, good or bad? And you can uh, yield this question to uh, the ether if you'd like. <laughs> okay, um, Blaze. Okay, let me do a let me do a good one and a and a not optimal one. How about that? And Beautiful. I no names. Um, I had a, I had a good one to where there was like a getting to know you form that was filled out on me and they got to know all these things about me. And when I came to the office that day, um, my office was decorated in my favorite color. My favorite snacks were in a little basket. There was a, a note signed by everybody in the office. There was, um, you know, just, so there's like, again, happy, fun things, streamers, fun. Just again, they, they knew I was coming. Right. Um, and then, and then I'd also say my supervisor said, Hey, you know, today, today is about kind of getting you here, set up, check everything, make sure it works. But here's your next kind of 30 days. Let's talk about it. Put it on your calendar. Here's who you're going to meet. So we started those conversations. Um, and so the process was very solid. Um, then I also had a, uh, so, I, so A plus on that one. And I also had an experience where my very first day, the first thing I did was I was to go to a meeting. And that was the, the first thing on a Monday. And when I got to the meeting, I no one knew who I was. And so I sat down at the meeting. I would, I'm guessing, let's call it a, a 10 or 12 people, um, including my supervisor. Uh, I wasn't introduced. Uh, no one knew who I was. And I just started taking notes, felt very uncomfortable. Again, did they know I was here um, and didn't have any of my parking things? Like, again, I couldn't get into to the building. Someone let me in, thank goodness. And at the end of the meeting, I started to introduce myself because I realized I wasn't going to be introduced. It was, it was about a 90 minute meeting. It wasn't, you know, a five minute regroup. Um, and all of them were like, oh, oh, well, we didn't know you were starting. Oh, we thought you were with the people that were presenting. So there was a group that was in there presenting to this, to this peer group of mine. Um, and they thought I was with that group. And so I, you know, and I just, so again, like, like was so embarrassed for myself, but also like, oh my gosh. And, and I would also say too, to Delicia, I know we talked about this and I think this kind of parallels it is that onboarding needs to be for every level. And if you're a, if you're at the corporate office and you're expected to lead people, you've got to, you know, you have to understand things fast and quick and because you're going to be asked questions now about this. And so as someone that supported people in that role, that's that second um, situation. In both of those situations I gave, I was in a, a supporting role at the corporate office. Um, but it the second one, you know, had me thinking when I drove home, like, oh, my gosh, like when my because, of course, everyone asked me, how was your first day? How was your first day? Um, and it just wasn't ideal. My and my and my laptop didn't didn't work. It wasn't ready. I didn't have any of my stuff. I didn't have an office. I mean, you just think about those types of things, and it just puts a, yeah, having that human connection thing. is is really so important. It's important to you know how we feel going into the the organization. How we feel like we're joining. Are we you know is is there a disconnect at all? Well, and, and think I, about this too, Blaze. Now I know you guys know I'm really shy. I know that I think we've identified that. So I thought to myself, well, if I'm not going to get introduced. I'm going to introduce myself. I don't know that everybody would do that. You know, I, I don't know that everybody else would feel comfortable walking around a room of strangers and introducing themselves and saying, hi, it's my first day here. And I'm Nicole Block and I'm XYZ. I was still, I was still uncomfortable doing that. Now I knew I had to in order to learn who these people were, yeah. but I just don't know that every, uh, every associate would feel the same. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think that's an awkward situation and that's why we're having this conversation. So if there's anybody out there looking to, uh, <laughs> 
improve <laughs> upon their onboarding process or uh, solidify the fact that they're doing it right. Introduce that people. Would be a, a story right there that we need to take into account. I would say that, Nicole, your first story, the really positive example, Wonderful. was a great, um, a great example of giving and sharing information. And I think we've seen that throughout this series that the more information you can present, the more people can be prepared and yep. can do a better job and can be part of the organization and get up and running quicker. And so the, the fact that they gave you some dates to put on your calendar and a look ahead, I think is really positive and something that we should you know, really consider as people are looking at their onboarding program. Well, think about this, you know, you're instantly, you know, once your email is up, then you're on all the emails, right? And so I think what was great when I had that from my from my good experience is there was also a list of who does what, even though I haven't met with them yet. But when I see, you know, Nicole Block, I know that she is X and this is the department that she's in. So as I'm seeing emails coming through, it just helped me connect the dots a little bit faster. And, and so it made those meetings more productive because by the time I got to them on my schedule, I might have seen things or had questions. And then I was able to say, okay, so tell me more about this. Not just, I am Nicole, tell me what you do. I mean, there was definitely more, which sometimes those are needed as well. But I, I felt like I was more productive faster. It just makes such such a difference when you know who to talk to, who does what in your organization. Correct. And it makes you want to come back the second day and come back the third yes. day. Because there there is a plan of what it is that you're going to be doing while you're you know getting adjusted to your new your new role and you're getting to pick up key members and then you can reach out to them if you have questions. Yeah. That second day is tough when you're questioning your choices. <laughs> yeah. yep. So we, we mentioned earlier and I just kind of want to circle back to the, you know, we are in the age of COVID right now and hopefully in the, the tail end process of all of that. But, you know, we obviously have been interacting uh, just like we are right now via zoom. Um, I, I'm assuming that that's part of your process right now. Uh, what has COVID looked like uh, to change your process at Learin? And what will it look like once you're past this? What is, what is the vision going forward? How is it happening right now? So obviously right now it's, you know, video, all, all video, face-to-face. It's, it's video on so that way they know, you know, they have some sense of, you know, this is a face-to-face conversation. I think what's really going to be interesting is as we, get past this COVID and we, you know, are able to go out there a little bit more. It's a good opportunity for Lauren because during this time we have continued to grow, to grow. So that way we need to now go back and look at our onboarding experience. And what does that look like? Does it continue? Do we need to make some adjustments? Can we go out there and do, and do one-on-ones, you know, physically? It's just, it's going to be a really interesting conversation as we kind of get back to that normal type setting. But I will say whenever we do acquire a new property and we're bringing on a team, we make it a point to go out there because it's just that much more important. It's that much more. We're taking on a group of people that have been previously owned by another management company. And we want to make sure that the experience with Lauren is a great experience and that we're there for them any step of the way. Obviously, you know, we're social distancing, we're wearing masks, things like that. But, you know, we've made it a point to go that extra mile during this time. But what, you know, one thing I was going to ask though, I just thought about this when Delicia was talking and just as a, a thought to be able to leverage the technology that we have, do you guys record when you have those introductory meetings and training meetings and, and introduction to, you know, Hey, Nicole, this is blaze. Here's what blaze does. And here's your convo. 
do you guys record those to where that associate can go back and watch it again? I was just thinking about that to where that might be a way for them to, I don't know, have a resource to, um, to get the data on their own. I don't know. I was just thinking about that as far as leveraging our resources, but. Yeah, no, that's a great idea. We currently don't do that um, as far as, you know, orientations and things the goal's like that. in person, which I understand, but I was just thinking <laughs> yeah. about, you know, uh, how we can leverage what we have. Yeah, but definitely trainings. I think during this time, you know, whenever you're training someone, it's a good opportunity to possibly record or just, you know, put it out for, you know, for everyone to, to view at a, at a later time. Like we Correct. utilize Microsoft Teams very heavily. So it's been a, a very good thing for us in getting communication out there. So especially getting the human capital name out there so they know who to go to and who to reach out to. But I want to emphasize on that point that you just made about recording these sessions I yeah. really think that's something beneficial that, you know, not only uh, the employer, but um, the employee can benefit from down the line, you know, that they have the resources and then maybe they don't have to contact as much unless you want them to, of course. But everyone learns differently. If they, you know, everyone learns differently. So if they just want to go yeah. back and say, oh, I remember Delicia said that one thing, they could go in and find it as opposed mm-hmm. to, you know, asking it going back and forth. So it's just, it's just yeah. one more venue. If you're not doing it, do that uh, and start doing it right away. There's right your away. tip of the day. Yeah, we, we just had a breakthrough, <laughs> a tremendous amount of breakthrough right now. Um, I don't, do we want to touch base right now a little bit more on the uh, the positions of all levels and the onboarding process and what that should look like? I think it's important. The point that was made is that, you know, it's not just for entry-level employees. It's not just for corporate or on-site. So this really has to be for everyone. And it's also beneficial for leadership to go through the process to understand what the, you know, their their employees are going through. So I think that was the main point with that. I also wanted to add that, you know, we've talked about this quite a bit, that this is another one of these processes that you can't just check off your to-do list. You have to go back. And Delicia, you, you talked about this a little bit, whether you're growing or because something like COVID happens or whatever the, you know, the factor may be, you need to go back and review and update and, you know, see if things have changed, if things can be improved and if there's a step to add or take out. And, you know, this has been one of those sort of reoccurring themes that I've noticed throughout this series is that these human capital type efforts can't be, they're not one and done. Yeah. And don't forget to cross-train, too. I think that's really vital to an organization as well for everybody to understand what the left hand and the right hand are doing because you guys need to work together in harmony. And I think, you know, that really speaks volumes to your company culture in general. And uh, Delicia, it's been a pleasure to have you on today. Thank uh, you. It's This has been a great topic. You know, it doesn't have to be an archaic process at all. You know, keep it relevant. Keep it... Keep it evolving and, uh, and fun. 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 Yeah. Well, keep and as fun. we talked about in this whole series, just keep asking questions. Just keep going back and, you know, things that worked 10 years ago don't work today. And and if you, you know, if you have a process, check in on it, see how it's going. You know, there, if you're thinking it's going one way and it's going another way, um, then you have opportunity to fix it. So I, I think that that's just, just like with anything else we've discussed, you know, ask the questions and then put a strategy behind it and, and you'll be better. Becca, Nicole, Delicia. Fantastic job, and we'll see y'all soon.